Bureaucracy's basement to your ears. This is the weekly meeting of the Queen City Improvement Bureau in compliance with Memo EX 1063. Entering this meeting on the agenda, Jeff Barber from the Regina Public Library, Transportation Master Plan Preview, the Second Invitational Fanfic Challenge, and oh, so much more. This meeting is now in session. Hey. Good day. How are you, sir? I am doing quite well. I am here to meeting. I need to meeting. I understand. I, too, need to meeting. Good. I'm glad we are here to meeting, then. <laughs> Let's to meeting. Let's to meeting. Shall we be attending to meeting? We should. Okay. Okay, let's take attendance. Okay. Uh, do we have um, Healy Napcud? Healy Napcud? Healy Napcud. I, you know what? I just see you and me. You don't look like a Healy Napcud, and it would be news to me if I was a Healy Napcud. Yeah, you don't look much like a Healy Napcud either. Mm -hmm. I think is uh, a Healy Napcud a thing or a person? Uh, a Healy Napcud, I believe, is a kind of animal. In Ooh. this case, yes. So a a Napcud of the Healy variety. A Napcud of the Healy variety, yes. Yeah. Long thought to be extinct. Yeah. Ungulates. But, what's that? Are they ungulates? Yes, actually, they are. Well, they're kind of a mix between an ungulate and uh, and a reptile. Ooh, creepy. I know. Yeah, yeah. very. You'd think. Well, I mean, you'd think that this this basement would be the place that would breed. Like that kind of genetic abomination, mm -hmm. but like I, like healing apcuts, like healing apcuts. Yeah, you'd think yeah. there'd be an infestation of them, but we're uh, we're lucky, so I, I don't see any here. Good, good. Um, but you know, oh, hold on. I see what I've done. Um, I because there, you know, there's. I think I've mixed up the letters here. And this should be um, should Paul DeShane. Oh, that is me. Okay, that's great, because there's no such thing as a Healy Napcut. Oh, great. <laughs> I know, you're, you're relieved, aren't yeah, you? totally. I'm pretty relieved. You had me kind of scared when you were saying that these things were in the basement. I know. Well, you just would think they'd be in the basement. Right. Yeah. But uh, but if they were to be anywhere, they would be here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, probably feeding them. Like, you know, a cow gets in or a lizard gets in, feeds on the mold by the boiler. Yeah. And next thing you know... Yeah. Like a, and the financials. A, yeah. Yeah. And then you get a bona fide Healy Napcut running around. Uh, so Anybody next, else at the meeting? Uh, yeah, we have um, an Indam Angora. An Indam Angora. Yeah. Oh, those are lovely. Much too warm down here to wear an Indam Angora. Uh, I know. I know. Yeah. But they're highly fashionable and... Yeah. Uh, very expensive. Very expensive. Um, a little bit a little bit too expensive, I thought, for, uh, for a meeting like this. Yeah. A little too no fancy. No kidding. And uh, really odd that they would they'd be on it. I don't know what kind of, like, agenda they'd bring. Yeah. But, uh, but they, I'm, I'm, they look, I'm all ears. I'll listen. They, they, I mean, they look great. And I'll, um, and I'll run my hand over yeah. their, their soft fuzziness. <laughs> and I'm glad you're all ears because, I mean, they, they, the Indomangora earmuffs are uh -huh. just, they're, they are to die for. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Um, I, I had an aunt who actually had an Indomangora bunny. Really? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. yeah, it had horrible pink eye. That was disgusting. Uh, that, that is a known problem yeah. with the Indomangoras. Yeah. yeah. Pink eye and this high pitched shriek. Yeah. Yeah, whenever like somebody tries to watch Matlock. Yeah. It just can't it's almost impossible. My aunt loved Matlock. <laughs> See? Yeah, and it's amazing and like she must have loved it. Mm -hmm. Because you have to like when you've gotten into Mangori, you have to like basically put up with like it going it's like this like high pitched buzzing, whining, shrieking. Yeah. Uh just when, you know, Matlock is proving something in court in the court of law. Well, sadly not here. No and mark them absent. Uh yeah. That's a black mark in uh 
in Mangora's ledger. Um, fortunately, I don't think there was supposed to be one here because I'm pretty sure I mixed up the letters. Oh, no. Um, and if you'll give me a moment, I can figure this one out. Uh, probably should be Aiden Morgan. That's actually you. That is that is actually me. Yeah, you are actually Aiden Morgan. Oh, nice. Good. Well, I guess both of us are accounted for now, and we are attending. We are attending, and now we can meeting. We can meeting. Excellent. Um, man, I'm sick. I am so sick right now. <laughs> I was like, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm sorry. I was like having to focus on notes, and I was like, oh, my God, my eyes. The the glare off of this white paper is too much for my eyeballs right now. Ugh. So the, uh, so you, so illness has overtaken you. Yeah. Oh, hey, guess what it is? Guess what today is? What is today? We have not done parking lot watch in ages. Oh, my yeah, Gosh, parking lot watch. Uh, you're right. Yeah, so we need to update uh, parking watch. Parking lot watch update. Uh, I, I snuck out a little while ago. You remember about a year ago, almost a year ago. Um, actually, you were not there for the meeting. Oh. I came into the basement and there was a uh, a cassette tape where you were sitting, and I played that, and that was the whole of the meeting. And yes. during that meeting, when you were not actually here, just a tape recording of you attending the meeting, uh, I talked about the 1755 Hamilton parking lot downtown. That's right. Yeah. Now, yeah. 1755 Hamilton used to be an apartment building, was torn down in contravention of the downtown neighborhood plan, mm -hmm. and turned into a parking lot, surface parking lots in the downtown, not allowable use in the downtown neighborhood plan. Oh, right. But they said, hey, we're just going to have it for three years, and we're going to build something on it. Three years went by, so that was last May, was the third year after they put in that parking lot. And now there is a palace of some kind there. No, there isn't. Oh. What actually there was is when I checked in on 1755 Hamilton, there was an application to extend the parking lot for another three years. Uh -huh. And I was like, oh dear, and I called up the city, uh, called upstairs and I said, hey, are you going <laughs> to you gonna, you know, let them do this? And they were like, uh, I don't know. Um, they didn't say it like that, though. They said it much more authoritatively. They said something like the effect <laughs> of, it is going through the process. Well, it went through the process. I have not looked at it for a year. I went out and checked it out. And there's a sign-up in the parking lot saying that their application to extend the parking lot was denied. Oh. Yeah. So what's going to happen? So right now, it is just an empty lot downtown. And uh, this... I think this will be controversial because a lot of people are like, oh, we need more parking. We always need more parking downtown. Why can't we just park there? Um, the whole deal with the downtown neighborhood plan saying you can't have downtown uh, surface parking downtown is that they're trying to create active, interesting streets, have lots of offices and homes and buildings and cool things downtown to activate our downtown, which can use it sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so by denying a surface parking lot to exist, they've basically, you know, Put all those carrying costs onto the landowner. They can no longer offset the cost of that land, the property taxes, which are incredibly low for a park service parking lot. They can no longer offset those that uh, the lighting and the uh, and the property taxes, and that's going to add this incentive to build something there. And uh -huh. I think that if the owners of the lot build something there, I think they'll be pleasantly surprised that it will, you know, maybe be nicer than just a, a cruddy old lot. What if it was a like a carnival? See. The, that's the kind of thinking they need upstairs like in a, downtown planning. Like permanent carnival. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You could fit one heck of a cool, uh, although neck-snapping, uh, roller coaster in that space. <laughs> you could. Cool, although neck-snapping. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. But I could have like a tilt-a-whirl. Yeah. A tilt-a-whirl. Yeah. yeah. But you wouldn't 
Yeah, I guess you have to angle. It's a, not a huge space, so you wind up with a lot of people like tilting and whirling into the sides of the buildings on either side. Maybe a, what about like just a space with a bunch of bean bags and um, and carnies and call it Sleepy Carney Land. Oh, and you just yeah. go in and like they're just napping. Yeah, all this is preferable to a parking lot. Yeah, I have to say. And they, maybe they're wearing like little sort of nightcaps. Yeah, I don't know. I think this would be fantastic. I think this is a great idea. Yeah. Should we write up a report, send it upstairs? Yeah. Sleepy Carney. We should. Carnival? Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay, so that was Parking Lot Watch. Um, what else we got here on the agenda? Oh, okay. Well, first of all, it is, we're the Queen City Improvement Bureau broadcasting on 91.3 CJTR Regina Community Radio. FM. Yeah. Yeah. That's us. Because if you, if you went to the 91.3 on the AM dial, I don't know if that is. Nothing exists. there. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. It's static. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Not like this scintillating conversation. Yeah, we're we are we're better we're better than static. Better than static, if nothing else. <laughs> um, I have a note on my agenda here that says something about Fan Expo. Oh, the Fan Expo! Did you go to this thing? I, I did. Sure heck didn't. I did. I managed to. Well, I went to CJTR. I, I called them up and mm-hmm. I said, you know, we have uh, we have our show, we have our meetings, which we broadcast, and I said, you don't know this, but I'm also a reporter and like a respected journalist. <laughs> and they said, and when they stop laughing. Yeah, and they said, well, do you, why are you asking? I said, well, can you get me media accreditation? Nice. And they laughed some more, but turned out, bam, they gave me a media pass to uh, the Regina Fan Expo. Sweet. And I went there with my camera, and uh, I was going to bring my voice recorder, which I did not, so I did not get interviews with people. Right. Cool. And, uh, and, but it was, it, was a, it was a fantastic time. Uh, I, I, I mingled with, with, with many, uh, with many cosplayers. Yep. And, uh, and I've just generally, just generally enjoyed myself. Also, uh, hung out with, uh, Pat Mastroianni and Stephen Brogram, uh, formerly of, uh, Degrassi High and Degrassi Junior High, which was pretty cool. Really? Took, got, got, a, got a, I got a selfie. A selfie with? With Pat Mastroianni, Joey Jeremiah himself. No. And we took several because I walked up and somebody said, Ah, you guys look alike. And then he looked at me and he said, Hey, who's that handsome guy? So he had lots of pictures <laughs> of us together. You do kind of look like Pat Mastroianni. Just I've, I, I've seen the selfie and it's pretty spooky. It is just a little bit. Uh, he's, yeah. uh, he's, got a, well, he's got more of a beard than I do. Yeah. And his beard is just gray, which is, it's weird to see, like, a person who, in your head, mm-hmm. is fixed forever as a kind of a teenager. Yeah. E- even though he's taken roles as an adult, but he's always Joey Jeremiah to, to many of us. Yeah. Uh, from, from the, you know, the 90s. Uh, and to see him as, like, an adult man with a, with a, with a gray beard, it was, uh, threw me for a little bit of a loop. I bet. But we, and uh, then that it was like you were looking in a mirror. Yes. Uh, only it was like you older in the mirror. Yes, slightly older. Yeah. Well, grayer bearded. More distinguished. Uh, a little more distinguished. And uh, his head is a little taller than mine, which yeah. is a really weird thing to say. But uh, but his, his forehead sort of vaults up a good like inch above my forehead. Interesting observation. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't I don't know how else to put it. Yeah. So, uh, and also another highlight, uh, they have they had lots of Q and A's. They had William Shatner. I did not right. see William Shatner's talk, but I uh, I did um, listen to Michael Kudlitz. Uh He Who played is? the character of Abraham on on The Walking Dead. Oh, okay. Yeah. And not that I care a great deal about The Walking Dead, 
but he uh, he was a very he's one of these people who's just he seems to be able to spin stories out of out of random questions. Somebody said, "Can you deliver your fav- my favorite line, which is who's Deanna?" Which apparently in the show he shouted out, but he said it, got a big laugh from the audience, and then launched into the story of why the line is the way it is, which is actually which apparently is him shouting from from like twenty feet in the background, "Who's Deanna?" But he just simply explained that they had actually blocked the scene so that he was like 25 feet away from the conversation. When it came time for his line, he thought, well, I have to actually shout this in order for it to be heard. And lo and behold. Yeah. That was good. I I got a kick out of that. What about the whole um, larger uh, sort of community? Because that's what we talk about is, you know, the city and the communities within the city. This is that that community of fans and nerds. Yes. That I like to number myself among. Uh, And as do I. Uh, Yeah, there's there's I don't know the numbers of the turnout, but it was quite large. And what's really interesting is the number of people who uh, not only really enjoy the stuff by the art, talk, you know, schmooze with the with the celebrities who show up, but just the some of the the brilliance of the costumes. Oh yeah, uh, cosplay is quite something. I was hoping for some. I did not see some of my favorite wish for cosplay there, but uh, there was a lot of Game of Thrones cosplay. Oh, yeah. Unsurprisingly, um, a couple of people doing Star Wars prequels cosplay, which I thought that was really great. that's daring. That was very daring. Yeah, uh, and and so on and so forth. So that was uh, that was definitely the highlight for me. Uh, any Deadpool cosplay? Oh yeah, there's considering always, the, the Queen City connection. To there the, is always Deadpool cosplay. Uh, in fact, there was one guy who didn't seem to have a mask on, but he had the rest of the Deadpool outfit. So it was really odd to see a teenage kid uh, with sort of sticky blonde hair in in uh, in like a basically a Deadpool leotard. Right. <laughs> it's it kind of funny. <laughs> a lot of Deadpool, a lot of Arrow um, from the show Arrow. Oh, really? A lot of people dressed up right. in Arrow costumes. I noticed from the Twitter feed, uh, the pictures that were coming up, that uh, the Queen City has really upped its uh, cosplay game. Yes. In the last few years with Fan Expo. Yeah, Yeah, I think Fan Expo is, uh, it's really good that we have Fan Expo. I think this is the third year now. Right. And uh, long may it rain. Yeah. Is my feeling. Cool. And hopefully, you know, we'll get to be, uh, we'll get to enter a team in the Cosplay Olympics. Uh, hopefully, and maybe mm-hmm. there'll be some Queen City Improvement Bureau cosplay. Ooh, yeah, I know. Think about that next year. Next year, yeah. So anybody out there who wants to do Queen City Improvement Bureau cosplay, send us your pics. Yeah, I'd love to see it. Yep. Wear a jacket. Yep. <laughs> um. So, do you think there's any chance of you uh, doing setting up like a uh, Pat Mastroianni um, tribute band, like? Uh, like, remedy, like, it remedy? Yeah. Uh, well, if I ever learned to sing or play an instrument, then those chances are better than if I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All although, right. although I do resonate with the message of yeah. the, the Zip Remedy song, which is that everybody does want something that will never give up. Oh, yeah. I never watched the show. You never watched I the never, show? I never, ever, ever, ever watched the show? you never watched that show? I don't know. I it don't seems know. impossible not to have seen that show. Well, I've seen it, and then I didn't... clicked off it. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah in a fruitless search for episodes of either MASH or Star Trek. Understood. Yeah. yeah. But I digress. <laughs> you do. Um, well, let's plow on through the, the rest of this half of the agenda. Okay. Yeah. Um, are, were, were there any other... Um, were there any other uh, Fan Expo things you needed to touch on? No, I think uh, I'm good for Fan Expo material. Okay. 
Um, how about that transportation master plan how preview? about it? Yeah. So it came out uh, this week at the um, Community and Protective Services, uh, no, sorry, Public Works Committee meeting. They had a copy of the new transportation master plan, which uh, is promising to provide another 279 kilometers of additional on-street cycling lanes and um, more multi-use pathways for residents, uh, expansions to transit, uh, possibly a transit line out to the airport finally, um, more pedestrian and cyclist infrastructure, and more roads too, like because the city is growing and so this, the transportation master plan covers all elements of getting around the city of Regina. It, these things really need to be planned because they're huge infrastructure projects that involve lots of concrete and asphalt. They need to plan them years in advance. And uh, the city is growing up to, you know, the plans are out to 300,000 people. And, uh, yeah, so this is the plan to take us to 300,000 over the next 25 years. Um, if any of this sounds familiar to you, though, it's because we've been here all before. We have. We have. We have yes, we've, we've heard it before. Yeah. But it's like Battlestar Galactica now. All this has happened before and will happen again, obviously. Yeah, yeah the Transportation Master Plan, uh, this whole process started back in 2012. And that was when the city passed the seven directives that they wanted the transportation master plan to address. Uh, the city went off, and not surprisingly, this took uh, a long time to uh, come up with a draft report. That draft report came forward in 2015, in November. Uh, and that draft report uh, is still available on the city's website. Um, I've held them up side by side. They look awfully similar. <laughs> but back in 2015, it was determined that... Uh, they needed more detail, and uh, there was a motion at the uh, at a June meeting, I believe it was. Um, a June meeting? No, wait, it wasn't. Anyways, well, there was a meeting. There was a meeting in, in 2015 where they decided to send the report back to city council, or back to city administration, uh, give them another kick at the can, another old like college try with the transportation master plan, and uh, see if they can make it even better. And that's what we're getting now two more years later is the new and improved um, transportation master plan. So uh, and is, would you would you say that it is improved? You know what? I've read it, and I actually think that uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to actually present a motion here on the floor of the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Has this been done before? Never. Wow. That I think we should, this is actually like a big enough issue that I think we should we should focus on this in more detail, more depth at the next meeting of the Queen City Improvement Bureau next week. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so because right now I've only had a chance to like go over the the new and improved one once. I haven't been able to do like a side by side comparison with the old one. Mm. Haven't spoken to anybody who's worked on it. Um, the maps, in particular, look identical. So there's a lot of sort of um, uh, projections of what the bike infrastructure is going to look at, like they have like maps of where all of the new paths are going to go. They look identical to the one that came forward in 2015. Hmm. Um, same with the transit maps. They all all of that stuff looks exactly the same. What about giant pneumatic tubes? Yeah, I've been pushing for those. Well, see, that's exactly why I think we need to do a deeper dive on this because yes. I saw no mention of pneumatic tubes. I saw no streetcars. No, um, no, no, like people catapults across the the, the river. There, this is this is absolute, this is absurd. Right. I mean, we need we need all of these things. So I'm sure these things have to be in a footnote or an appendix somewhere. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, yeah, I think we should come back to this next time on the Queen City Improvement Bureau and talk about the Transportation Master Plan in more detail. But, yeah, it, it if I have a criticism of it, it's that it says all the right things. It says everything that you want to hear about walkability. And mm-hmm. um, this is the first time that the city has ever done included trans, uh, cycling infrastructure in a master plan. The last wow. one was done back in 2001. So they're actually like taking, putting cycling infrastructure to the fore. And that's exciting. They say all the right things about it, but I'm not entirely clear on what the timeline is for a lot of these things. Like, when are we actually going to see those um, bike lanes? When are we going to see the the new pedestrian infrastructure, the new buses? Um, my concern is, is that with a 25-year high, uh, timeline on something like this, I'm not a young man anymore. <laughs> We could. It could be a situation if they backload all of the bike lane infrastructure. I'll be too old to cycle on it, That's and right. that would make me sad. Well, we'll just have to get like young people to like strap you on a gurney and then like right. pull you around on a bicycle. Yeah, yeah. Wait, uh, gurney. I suppose I was kind of hoping you would say like one of those rickshaws. Because that would rickshaw, be cool. But gur- but gurneys are probably yeah. you know as you know as the hospitals get yeah. you know maybe defunded, they, they sell off their gurneys and yeah. And the city of Regina picks up that slack. And considering, you know, the pension that we have here, which is small, yes. and the amount of money that I'm setting aside, I'm probably going to be pushing around one of those Dickie D bikes when I'm in my 80s, <laughs> just so I have enough money for coffee and dentures. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Right. So that's why I really need good uh, bike infrastructure. But anyways, okay, so we will talk more about the Transportation Master Plan next week. Um, and I guess that brings us to that moment in the meeting where we look at innovative revenue tools. Whoa, what are those? Innovative revenue tools are these tools that the city can use, to, uh, that are innovative, that the city can use to improve their bottom line. So they can make money off of these ideas that we're going to send up to them in reports. Like revenue. So revenue. Tools for revenue. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. All so right. So they don't have to just rely on property taxes. We send them ideas every single meeting. They haven't implemented one. I know. Well, I mean, and you'd know if they implemented even a few of them because then the city would be swimming in wealth. So improved. Yes. Uh, um, what's, so what's, what, do we have one this week? Tell we us do. We do, actually. I just came up with this one, and it's, it's around our theme, because in the second half of our meeting, we're going to have Jeff Barber, the director of the Regina Public Library System. Oh. And um, I thought in honor of him. I think, I think actually he's actually a barber, and his name is Jeff, and he works at the library. Oh, really? Yes. We'll have to ask oh. him about that. Okay, we should. Okay. Um, well, I don't know then. Maybe this isn't as great a, an, an appropriate and innovative revenue tool as I thought. But one of the things that we've uh, noticed, uh, w- that I've noticed, is that uh, you can like go to the library and you can take books out of the library and you can bring them home. But there's this whole thing about having to bring them back. Oh, yeah. That's absurd. Yeah. And yeah. like the other thing that happens at the library is you go to the library and uh, there's no coffee shop there that sort of spills out into the library. Right. Uh, like, a, say, a Starbucks, for instance. For example. Just to, you know, pitch an idea out there. Yeah. Um, I've, I've noticed this as well. When you go yeah, to the yeah, library, yeah. you can't buy the books and you can't drink coffee. Right. Uh, and the other thing that I've noticed is that uh, they don't take any money from you every time you take a book. Yeah. It's strange. I don't, I don't, I don't get the business yeah. model one bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. say they're loaning them to you, which I guess literally they are. But that seems like a really bad path to profit. Yeah, I mean, there's no interest. On yeah. I mean, there are well, fines. You know, if you're, yeah. yeah, but they're but small. They're small, they're and small. they don't always make you pay them. I know. Little children don't have to pay their fines. That that crazy. Must Little yeah. children should be sent to like maybe there would be a factory or a workhouse or something. Yeah. Yes. So, um, 
And, you know, I'm actually going to write a book called Path to Profit, all about ways that the city can, <laughs> can make money. Um, and the, the, so what they should be doing is they should they should be monetizing their books. Wow. Yeah. So what they could do is you could go there and there would be like books on the shelves and you could pick the book off if you want and then you go to the counter and you'd give them money and you'd get to take the book home for good. And then they could have like a Starbucks in there. And so you could just go in and like say, in quoting marks, air quotes, buy the books. Fantastic. And that would be revenue for the city. But the problem is that once you've bought the book, I mean, mm-hmm. there's there's not another that same that copy is not available for for the next user. Oh, damn. Yeah, see that's that's, that's I think the advantage. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, we're going to have to work on this. We'll have to workshop this idea then. Will. Yeah. Okay, well yeah. if that idea doesn't work, which it clearly isn't going <laughs> to. We have a few more ideas uh, that we can uh, re- we can try out here. Hi, I'm local blogger Kenton DeYoung. Did you know the basement of St. Paul's Cathedral is a columbarium which stores over 150 urns? The basement also holds a quilt brought back from World War II that has decayed so much that it's too delicate to hang. The imagery on the quilt shows a scene from the New Testament, Matthew 15, verse 21 to 28, where Jesus removes a demon from a Canaanite woman's daughter. Nobody knows who made this quilt, where it's from, or why it has this scene on it. It's a Regina fact. You'll find more Regina facts on my blog, KentonDeYoung.com, and every week on the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 CJTR, Regina Community Radio. All right, we're back from Innovative Revenue Tools. Oh, yeah, and yes. thanks, as always, to Kenton DeYoung for uh, his uh, his Regina facts. Yeah, and that was yet another one that I did not know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we have them in perpetuity. We've Nietzsche, got so I, many facts. I believe Nietzsche said facts are interpretations, but these just sound like facts. Yeah, yeah, they do. All right. So next up on uh, tonight's agenda, we have a special report from uh, Jeff Barber uh, from the Regina Public Library, and uh, he's he's managed to find his way down into our basement um, office, <laughs> and uh, the only basement in town that's two flights up. Yes. <laughs> It kind of, kind of, kind of strains the mind a bit. I know. <laughs> yeah. Thanks a lot for coming in. Thank you for having me. Yeah. See, um, we wanted to talk to you because uh, you probably remember because it was probably um, kind of an awkward day for you, I would think, and for the rest of the people in the library uh, when the provincial budget came out. There were there was a massive cut announced for uh, the city libraries. Uh, One point three million dollars, I understand, for Regina libraries was. Was in in jeopardy there for Regina and Saskatoon together. Oh, okay. So, so it was like seven hundred uh, and something for for Regina. That's uh, six hundred thousand, and for hmm. for Saskatoon, it's six fifty. So one point three million was a, a bit of a roundup. Okay, a but, very yeah. big roundup. <laughs> I rounded to the to the next yeah. one point three million. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but still, that's like a significant chunk of money for a library system. I would think because you guys, um, you're not selling the books. Despite we, uh, despite our report, yeah. Well, we do have book sales, but that's true. But on an ongoing day to day basis, uh, no, I'm afraid you can't come in and pick something off the shelf and just pay us for it. And I'm so glad that you recognize that that would make it unavailable for the next person. Um, we are also um, legislatively prohibited from charging for the lending of a book. Oh, so <laughs> <laughs> obstacles everywhere. <laughs> No wonder it's so hard to make a buck in this thing. <laughs> Jeez, legislation. 
Um, okay, but uh, more recently, there was good news. The uh, there were yes. there were these huge protests. People were doing like these read-ins at their their local libraries all over the province, and you know the province looked at it and they said, okay, fair enough. You know, people love their libraries, um, and they restored the funding to the Regina and Saskatoon libraries and to a bunch of the uh, the regional libraries as well. Uh, that must be awfully gratifying to see your patrons come out like that. It is tremendous. You know, I, I think one of the uh, <clears throat> one of the things that you notice around public libraries is that uh, when when people are surveyed about what are the services from your city you're very satisfied with that you really appreciate, you know, libraries come up and, and do very well in those surveys, and and certainly uh, the same is true in Regina and and no doubt in in other centers of the province. But but typically people are very satisfied with their libraries, so they're not often out there. Kind of raising the roof about it, so uh, it, it is. In fact, it's great to see when there's a challenge, when there actually is some issue with the library, that those people are prepared to speak up. And it's people who use the library, but it's also people who are are simply prepared to stand up for what the library is in a community. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think one of the problems, like one of the things I've noticed about the the libraries in Regina, is that. These are one of those few services that you can go to in a winter city that you can go into and hang out and, you know, be with friends and, you know, read books, stuff like that, and be indoors, and you yes. don't have to pay any money. So for people who are looking for a way to, like, entertain themselves for an afternoon, a library is a fantastic place to go. But then that must make it harder for the libraries to sort of show a bottom line at the end of the year saying this is how valuable this service is. It, it can be, and I think sometimes, yes, when in, in I would say, this day and age, sometimes services that are purely for the public, that are purely to provide service to the public, that essentially, one way or another, just makes it a great place to live. That those kinds of services sometimes are are looked at underneath a business lens, and yeah. and that to some degree that's great. You you do have to look at uh, how is this done? Is it being is it effective? Is it really trying to do what you want to do? Is it is it efficiently delivered? Is it sustainable? That is that that's great. But yes, a, a bottom line, even in terms of you know traditionally in a public library, you look at well, what's the circulation of, you know that was fine when public libraries were. Warehouses of books. Yeah. <laughs> That's not what public libraries are right now. So we certainly lend a lot of books, and it's still a bit of a bread and butter thing for sure. But but fundamentally, what what happens in a public library, we count people as they come in the door. We know who they are if they take an asset out of the building. But otherwise, when you're in the building, we try, first of all, to help you. Mm-hmm. But whatever it is that you want to do, you are free to do it, and we aren't necessarily Doing watching you every moment. Yeah. 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 Well, even with the downtown branch, there's that big foyer yes. in the front, and that's a gathering place for young people downtown all year round. And that's that's uh, you know that's an unsupervised space, right? Like, but yes. And yet it's so important for so many people. It is the 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 thing about the public library now is is in fact that public space and and while we have even though the building is from the sixties we do have that that foyer space what you'll notice if you've been coming to any probably of the public libraries in Regina over the years you'll certainly notice that there was a time you might have walked in the door and been confronted by a bookshelf that was taller than you were and you could as far as the eye could see that's what you would see and uh, and now. Um, uh, even in our, our branches that haven't been fully made over yet, you're going to be able to walk into that library and 
mostly see quite a ways. And you'll see some bookshelves for sure, but you're going to see public space. You're going to see places where people can engage, people, places where people can simply be alone to read a book or read a newspaper. So it's, it's a very different dynamic in, in the public library. Do you guys have like a pat definition of like what the new library is? I mean, if it's not a warehouse for books, like wh- what, do you, what do you tell people? It, you know, <laughs> like anything, within a particular kind of professional group, it changes every few years because people think the old one doesn't really fit. But, um, but you know, I, I would think, um, I would say for me the thing that, that it's a little bit of an older term, but um, but the third space is kind of is something that works for me still, yeah. partly because it is a little bit ambiguous and you can make with it what you need to make. But that that your public library is now a place that yes, it's not your home, it's not your work, it's that third space, and it's a space that uh, in our society there are fewer and fewer spaces where an individual can go and just be and read something, engage with people without being asked to buy something, without being asked to move on after half an hour. Yeah. So, so it it is that space that is the community's space. Yeah. Hmm. What um, uh, with the uh, one, uh, one, I just want to clear up like one misunderstanding because I was actually not clear about this myself. Uh, there was a lot of talk about the interlibrary loans being imperiled by the funding cuts. I understand those are restored now, and we don't have to worry. We can. I can. There's a book I want to get from um, from uh, Prince Albert, and uh, so can I get that book from Prince Albert? Yes, you can. Yeah. I, um, <laughs> yeah. Awesome. <laughs> the the um, yeah the the cessation of that service uh, shortly after the budget announcement. Um, uh, unfortunate, but but ultimately, you know, one one of the things, although it really couldn't be helped, it was also clear what that meant to people, and and that that translated into, you know, you mentioned some of the actions people were taking, and I think some of the. <clears throat> the the part about all of that that I appreciated is yes, library people got got up, and they stood up and they they spoke for what they believed in. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, they did so respectfully. Yeah. That by and large, this was a very civil kind of uh, kind of protest, and and yeah. uh, I certainly hope that was appreciated. I think the um, uh, the the holds what was that April twenty fourth? The funding was restored. I uh, can't remember what day of the week. I think that was a Monday. So the following Monday, uh, the all of the libraries around the province, uh, we had a call a couple of days after that uh, budget announcement, and all of the libraries were able to put the systems back in place. Ultimately, the computer system itself was pretty easy. It, you know, yeah. you, you flip the switches back. <laughs> I, I know our sysadmins will be bothered that I simplified it that way. But, <laughs> but, but you know, it, it's uh, some computer work that happens. It took about two days to do that on, on the system. But all the library systems, of course, have delivery staff and sorting staff, and and all of this getting the staff back in place actually took a few more days. So a week later, we we had that service back up and running. Right on. Um, okay. The other thing that I've noticed about the library recently, new website. Indeed. It's sparkly and new, mm-hmm. and um, we want awesome. You forgot awesome. Oh, sorry. Yes. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> It is awesome. I've noticed that one of the things that you're doing is you've got things like, uh, uh, you now have like movies that are trending and coming soon. You've got like a list yes. of the Sask Book Awards. Um, it looks a lot more like, you know, tuning into like Netflix or yes. Amazon uh, when you go to the uh, the library's page. Um, that's cool. That's that's really cool. And there's a whole bunch of services that people can access online at home. Oh, so absolutely. 
like Cloud Library, Press Reader, Overdrive, Hoopla, NFB Campus. Yes. What are these things? Because I don't. I go to the library for books. Oh. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> on the one hand, that's great, uh, but but you can certainly come to the library in terms of those services. Those are particularly uh, digital services. Uh, we have a lot of those too. So yes, ebooks. And again, sorry, you can't take the ebook and keep it. It does. Um, one of the nice things about that, though, is that there are no fines because right. it expires and it erases, it erases itself. So you, <laughs> so download, you can't you download have fines an e-book on e-books. onto like your reader. Onto your reader, and you have it for a couple of weeks, and then uh, it will. Yes, it will yes. self-destruct. It's like Mission Does it Impossible. Explode? Exactly. <laughs> no, Does it, it smoke? Oh. No, sorry, sorry. So no, cool. no visual effects. But <laughs> <laughs> it, it is, uh, you know, e- e-books are one of those services. You, yes, you can have them on your reader. Um, <clears throat> uh, certainly, cloud library. It is. It is that. We have Hoopla. I think you mentioned Hoopla. Hoopla yeah. is uh, streaming video. So uh, people can come in and pick movies and stream them on their device or their whatever it is that they've got at home. Uh, they can stream those. And uh, some of these services are very much like a library where we might have three copies of an ebook and three people can have it at a time. Something like Hoopla. Uh, if uh, 200 people choose the same movie on the same night, they can watch it. So oh, nice. uh, they they work uh, they work differently depending on licensing, but fundamentally all those all of those digital services. Some of them have apps for devices, um, but uh, we have been kind of exploring a lot of those digital services for for many years. I think some of our most popular Hoopla is one of those. One of the other ones that we have is called Press Reader. So very much uh, appreciated by people here, but also by by our newcomers, because what it is is hundreds and hundreds of newspapers from around the world mm-hmm. available online the day they're published. Nice. So uh, you can go in and, and find a newspaper from almost anywhere in the world you're from. Right. Uh, very popular services. What kind of format would that be in? Like, would you be looking at it sort of in sort of a similar format to the way that it's laid out as a newspaper, or is it more like yeah, the website stuff? It's, it is actually a... When you first open up a newspaper, it looks exactly like it would if you opened it up kind of nice. that morning. Oh, yeah. And each story, you can click on each story to look at it up close, but visually it looks like a newspaper on the screen. Right. So with your library card, you'll be able to like read newspapers on your yes. computer, but you don't have to... like. So currently, if you read a newspaper on the newspaper's website, there's like flashing pop-up ads that are trying to get you to sign up for things. Yes, or, and you restrictions know, on how many stories you can look yeah. at in a day. Mm-hmm. This is the full newspaper. We license it to make the entire thing available to our users. Awesome. That's very cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, other things that I noticed that was also being promoted on your website... Uh, the library. Everybody knows that they have the Dunlop, uh, the Dunlop Art Gallery. Gallery. We, we had yes. we spoke with mm-hmm. Jennifer Matatech a couple of weeks here ago. Here, uh, the movie theater. But you guys also have a three D printer now. Yes, we do. do we so have you a can actually like print out your books. <laughs> You know, we can print out a replica of a book. <laughs> but, yeah, the, the 3D printer is actually tremendously popular. They're, they're, and sometimes just, you know, there there are, we have a couple of them, and one, there's one of them that's often out on the public floor. And just when you walk by, you look in there, and it is it is really cool, the kinds of things that people decide that they want to print. And you can print, you know, hinged things that are printed in a single kind of pass that have hinges and they move and it's like nice that is really hmm. cool <laughs> but and, and people have built have built um i'm not sure what they're called but pieces of for some of the people who get into the the kind of role play stuff 
pieces of costumes that, oh, that they've oh, made. So like for the cosplay. Yeah, yes, yeah. We were, yeah. We were so, just talking about Fan Expo yeah. from last weekend for people. There's some really impressive costumes that people show up in. Yeah, and sometimes I, I know I saw one one of uh, one of our customers had us print this sleeve thing that went over his hand and his arm, and that had something to do with some character, nice. but I don't know what. So hmm. it's it's you know they're really cool stuff that you can print with those. Maybe we can 3D print that Deadpool statue. Ooh, brilliant! Yeah. <laughs> That's a really good idea. <laughs> We'll talk to the, the downtown business improvement district. We'll just, we'll, just, we'll just bring it. We'll just we'll yeah. 3D print it and we'll bring it and say, here you go. Put it up somewhere. It's on us, we'll yeah. say. Uh, so you can use this just with a library card. Yes, you can. That's brilliant. Yeah. And here, you know, we were just uh, saying about Fan Expo that the cosplay game has really, you know, improved over the last few years. Perhaps it's the library that is the reason behind that. Yes. Perhaps. Giving, giving um, people creative outlet creative or means yeah. to... Tools of authorship, yeah. as, as they say. Yeah. Yes, and, and certainly very much, yeah, a very very much a theme in public libraries and certainly at RPL. Yeah, creativity and creation as part of what we do. Nice. Uh, what about um, the uh, the George Bothwell branch? Recently got a uh, got fancied up, and I've heard rumors that you can play video games there. Oh, you can. There's um, <clears throat> it. It is uh, probably you know the best example we have. We certainly have another, a couple of other libraries that we have rebuilt recently. Um, what we've been able to do in Bothwell a little bit more because it's actually our largest footprint branch outside of Central. So we've been able to do a lot with that. And yes, there are. There's a, a teen area with. A, I don't frankly know all the pieces, but all the pieces you need to be playing games. We have. We do. We have a virtual reality set there, and and people can. Wow. I, it is it is actually really cool. I did an undersea dive once, and so it's you yeah. know the uh, educational stuff and and entertainment stuff, uh, but the branch itself very much designed. If you walk in there, yeah, you're not confronted with six feet of bookshelves. You can see the yeah. whole space from where you stand. Yes, we have books, but very much that space. We have the creation cube, public meeting rooms that are available when the library is closed. You can get a get a fob and rent a room and go in there after hours. Quiet spaces, different kind of ways that we've designed the branch. Uh, pick up, um, uh, you can uh, borrow a laptop out of the laptop uh, a vending machine, essentially, Jeez. and uh, use nice. that in the library. So it's it's one of those things where we're where you bringing all of the things that public libraries have come to provide community, we're able to do a lot of them in that space. It's a wonder you get any work done with all these distractions around you. <laughs> it is, actually. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, thanks a lot for running for running us through all the stuff yeah, that the library absolutely. has on offer. Yeah. Anytime. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Thank you. Oh. Did you did you have any questions? I'm sorry, I totally dominated. Well, that. I had a lot of questions, but the uh, when I was given to understand that actually that you weren't Jeff Barber, the director of the library, but that you were Jeff, who was a barber at the library. So oh. most of my questions are about what it's like to be a library barber. So unfortunately, oh. they probably don't apply. Well, I did try to put my daughter's hair in a ponytail once when she was little. That didn't work out really well. <laughs> it's a good thing you didn't follow down that path. <laughs> Okay, well, library barber. That's something well, you so might yeah, want to look yes, into. Yes, exactly. Oh, but, yeah, we yeah. can 3D print a library barber, um, <laughs> which would be very strange. Uh, so I think uh, I've, now you, normally uh, if people are deemed to be improvement vectors, uh, we have a certificate for them, a printed certificate. Uh, we had printer issues. Uh, so all we have right, we can show you the, the, an image of the certificate which we're going to be sending you. So, well, so excellent. 
So we can, uh, so Emma will sign it for you and everything. Yeah. So you could come and print it at the library. We, we could actually. That'd we could do a three D version. That would, that'd be very, well. They're already three D. <laughs> they're just very skinny. <laughs> Spelling. Oh, I think we're pretty good with spelling. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we got this, an, we got accommodation this, this from upstairs. Is, yeah, this is the spelling. first I've heard. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, we should move on because we've got like one more thing on the agenda that we have to cover before we take off uh, and yes. the time locks release and they let us out of here. Um, and that is the fan fiction competition. Yes. Uh, yeah. So uh, we did this. Last year, where we uh, we invited people to write fan fiction about Regina City Council, and uh, because we don't want to get sued, we assembled a list of um, of potential seed ideas for uh, alternate versions of our city council, um, like new names, new backstories that you could use, so that. If a city council were to look at it, they wouldn't be they wouldn't know right away that it was them that was being spoofed. We don't want somebody writing like a great Swiftian satire of our right. city council and then us get in trouble. Exactly. Right. So we want a pl- plausible deniability, basically. And I understand you've put together a new list to so a new council. To a new council for the right. second the QCAB second invitational city hall fan fiction challenge. Yeah. Which uh, which we're very hopeful that we get entries because nobody entered the first one. Right. But well, hope springs eternal. Uh, so do we, here, here do we, we need music? Yeah, let's get some music going for this. So here we go. Here are the characters. Ward 1, Councillor Sarah Juventus. Is she young, as her surname implies? Or is she an ageless alien from beyond the stars who wants to know what it's like to be human? See, there, there's a writing prompt for you. Ward 2, John Osprey, a man who mounted a constitutional challenge once against a packet of razor blades and won. Ward 3, Stephen Andrews, a charismatic billionaire who, through a hilarious mix-up, has been sentenced to one year of homelessness by an activist judge. Will he learn to be a better person, or will he just kind of get stabbed a lot? Uh, Ward 4, Sherry Travietti, the bad bad girl of Regina City Council, who spends council meetings fixing her motorbike. No one can bring Traviani to order, except maybe Sergeant Vice from Ward 7. Here we go, Ward 5, Tom Fedora, a former private investigator who gave up that life to become a city councillor. Or did he? Ward 6, Bill Blu-ray, a cyborg constructed by former councillor Dave Blu-ray, also a cyborg. Perhaps his half-machine, half-human ways will break new ground in findings in, in uh, forming city policy. Or maybe he'll just spend his time lubricating his joints with an oil can. Ward 7 is Shannon Vice, a tough-as-nail sergeant who's seen it all. They say the only mystery she hasn't cracked is her own heart. Ward 8, Monk O'Dykel, a raconteur from the Emerald Isle who likes a drop of the stuff now and then. But there's a rumor going around that the court counselor may be just a Ukrainian guy who looks good and green. Ward 9, Mason Portobello. Another private investigator who's hung up his P.I. hat to play the city councilor game. But murder brings out the private dick in him. I just, I, I will leave that without comment. Or 10, Harry Bagel, a man who decided to embrace his name and open up a labeling business called Bagel's Labels. And he gets very angry when people ask him why he doesn't go into the bagel business. And finally, of course, Mayor Pickerel Muhair, 
a Wascana Creek fish who got a wig caught around his head and was mistaken for a person. It's an inspiring story of perseverance and courage, and to this day, he is still terrified of hooks. So that's these are the characters you can use for the fan fiction challenge. You can make up your own, but those are a good start. It will be posted on the QueenCityIB.com website. Uh, rules are, write some fan fiction, submit your story. You can contact us on Twitter. Uh, and the winner, or winners, can read their story on the Queen City Improvement Bureau meeting. Um, the fourth rule is not written in a human language. It's obviously for aliens. And number five, final rule, the author will retain rights over the creation, but the hosts of QCIB may turn their story into a one-act play. All right. That's it. Thank you. Yeah. Cool. That was great. Yeah, it was. It it, it was what it was. As <laughs> they say. So, and awesome. we will we'll three D print it for everybody too. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. Well. Yeah. I hope we get some entries this time because it was very very uh, disappointing that nobody entered the last uh, fan fiction challenge. And absolutely, considering the quality of the characters that we've created, that people get to work surprising. with. I know. Yeah. I know. This is. Yeah. yeah. Do you think you'll be joining, Jeff? <laughs> so you, you, got, you got the juices flowing, <laughs> ready to write a story for us. I, I might have to think about that. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks a lot. Is there anything coming up at the library that people need to know about? Any like big events or cool shows or um, neat books, even? <clears throat> well, you know, I guess at this time of year, the thing, the thing that starts occupying a lot of our time is the launch of summer reading program. So we're we're uh, enhancing that this year with something called Level Up a little bit kind of extra for for those kids in in summer who want to engage a little bit more in some learning activities so it's coming um but at this time of year that's a a big thing for us a big thing to prepare for and uh yeah an, an amazing thing for all that all the kids and actually they're adults too who sign up for it but all the kids who sign up for summer reading program it's 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 a great time of year cool hmm. Right. And so uh, where would people find out more about that stuff and all the other awesome offerings that you guys have at the Regina Library? At reginalibrary.ca. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Thank you so much for coming Thank in you. again. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Much appreciated. All right. Well, I think we're. Uh, my agenda is running out of stuff. Okay. And so, so is the clock. So is the clock. So shall we make a motion to adjourn? Sure. And we should like remind everybody to come back next week for the Transportation Master Plan Preview. And I do believe, I don't... I. Still have yet to confirm this 100%, but I think we're going to have Mark Heiss from Rebellion Brewing coming in again to talk about beer at the stadium. Excellent. And the the fingers crossed possibility of local craft beer at the new stadium. And I think many people would like that. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, yeah, I think we should make a motion to adjourn. Okay. I'll second that motion. Okay. Okay. Meeting, is, meeting has been adjourned. You have been listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio. Uh, your co-hosts have been Paul Deschen and Aidan Morgan. Thanks to our guest, Jeff Barber, Director of Regina Public Library, and, of course, to Ryan Hill, a.k.a. Guidewire, for providing our fantastic theme music, as always. Uh, coming up next, we have... Nerdcore Cabaret with Matt Evie, followed by The Cockpit. You can find us on Twitter at QueenCityIB or on our website, QueenCityIB.com. Also on iTunes, you can find our podcasts. And as always, you can listen to us on cjtr.ca slash listen live or slash podcast if you want to catch up on past episodes. That's all for right now. Keep on improving, Regina.